If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. I want to start this week's episode by saying a thank you for making this podcast part of your routine. Now, there's thousands of podcasts out there, and it means a lot to me that you choose me as your coach and as your mentor. So I have an invitation for you today. If you like my philosophies and you're ready to join a group of people who are growing and taking action towards financial freedom and fulfillment, then hop on a call with someone on my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call to find out how we can help you achieve those goals. Trying it alone is something I tried, but trying it with others accelerates the journey toward your success. You don't have to do it all alone. We are there to help. So will you take the next step? All you have to do is say yes, and let's get started. So many people have heard of Jim Rohn, but what they haven't necessarily heard of is Kyle Wilson, who is the founder of the Jim Rohn International, YourSuccessStore.com. And so lessons from network.com and kylewilson.com are all entities that Kyle Wilson created. Kyle has worked at the top names in personal development industry, including his 18 year old business partner and friend, Jim Rohn, as well as Augmentino, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Darren Hardy, Robin Sharma, and many, many more like Rock Thomas. <laughs> Kyle is the author of 52 lessons I learned from Jim Rohn and other great legends. I promoted and partnered with Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul for the Entrepreneur's Soul. Kyle has filled huge seminars room, launched and published multiple personal development publications with over 1 million subscribers and has produced and published over 100 plus hours of DVD and CD programs. He really is a guy who started to work with speakers and develop that whole niche in industry where he enabled them to do what they did well, which was to speak while he filled the rooms. Kyle sold his company in 2007 and became Mr. Mom for seven years, which is kind of cool because rarely do people do that, that taste success like he did. He now does high-end coaching and consulting and hosts the Kyle Wilson Inner Circle Mastermind and has helped over 200 people become number one best-selling published authors. 200 people, wow. Hitting multiple number one best-selling books. So this conversation with Kyle is really useful for people that want to be authors, people that want to develop a mailing lists and understand what it's like to work with some of the best personal development training minds in the world. So let's get to my conversation with Kyle Wilson. So welcome, Kyle. What an honor to be able to spend this short time with you and talk about how many lives you've affected and how many more lives you're going to affect, even though you took seven years off, which not a lot of people can say. So let's start right in the middle of all of this. Seven years off. Why seven years and how did that happen? Yeah. So by the way, my honor to be here. Thank you, Rock. You have an amazing story. We had a lot of fun this morning, by the way, doing a clubhouse. But no, I think... I hit, it's like when you go into a new city and you put on a, an event with 2000 people and it's literally me doing it with the team. It's not like, you know, I hear a lot of people, they go out and do it and they're either the telemarketer or they're the speaker. And 
I mean, literally this was grassroots go into a city and I had a great time. And then I, I partnered with Jim Rohn. Then I started your success store and I felt like I was running, uh, you know, back to back to back to back 400 meter, you know, races, uh, not marathons, but you know, these 400 meters, I'd hit it hard. My kids were teenagers, uh, just turning teenagers. And the only guy I would have sold my companies to wanted to buy me. He was also buying success magazine at the time. And so it was too much effort for 20 years. And we had accomplished so much that I didn't sell it to just jump right back in. I sold it literally to, you know, go down a different path. And, um, it really was a lifestyle decision and it, it actually worked out really well. I got to accomplish what I wanted to. And it's also just made me a better person because when I came back out, I can empathize for with anyone that's starting over. Yes, I had the money. Yes, I had the contacts, but I so believe in organic growth and not trying to buy your way, you know, to build it the right way. And that just takes time. And so I have uh, a lot of empathy for millennials and those that are trying to do it right. Because, you know, once you have a big list, it's easy. And actually, a lot of people with the big list kind of abuse the list. You know, it's tricky. I, I was in that world, you know, I had a million plus list. And so it's easy to treat that like a, a ATM, ATM machine, if you will, versus really putting out great content. But anyone new can't make it unless they put out great content, unless they serve, unless they bring value. And getting to start over, I got those reminders and got to go back to basics and do it the right way, you know, in a totally different era of time. So, so I'd say, you know, the first half, um, you know, the break and then the second half, what is being different for you? Because everybody is, wants more in life. People want progress. They want freedom financially and emotionally. Uh, the rules of the games have changed. And so, I had sold a Remax franchise seven years later, she went bankrupt. And like you, seven years, ironically, I took back the assets, but I had to start from scratch. And I too went knocking on doors and doing the grassroots organic stuff and built it right back up and turned it into the number one again um, office when nobody else had done that in the time I was gone. So I could draw some similarities there, but what are the things that you found were similar that people could maybe lean into and or different the second time around? Uh, I, bringing up Remax, uh, selling it, retiring, I have, I have to mention John Asaraf, who, who's a good friend. And I knew John when he owned one of the biggest Remax franchises in the world in the, the late 90s. And we would get together, he'd come to my events. And when I sold my companies in late 2007, I had a phone call with John because he had been through this a couple of times and he was really strong. Kyle, take two years off. You can always come back when you're ready. And so that kind of released me to take that break. Uh, you know, principles don't change, tactics change. Tactics uh, change with technology, but principles don't. And so I think the principles that I have built the second time around have been identical. They're timeless. Now the tactics are different. You know, I built a big company before the internet. I built a big company after the internet, but coming into it in 2013, 2014, everyone had an email list. Everyone was doing what I had done in the past and it was harder. I did it when it was actually pretty easy, honestly. 
uh, if you just put out good content. I had great content with Jim Rohn and others. So I, I knew social media was going to be a big part of it. I knew face to face. I, I had to really focus on what I, you know, value I bring. You know, I'm really into what's your secret sauce and who is your avatar. And I know my avatar. I don't hunt. I fish. Uh, people will say, how do you go get this big guy? I'm like, I never try and go get the big guy. I create platforms that will attract the big guy if they care. But if they don't care, I'm not trying to, to go chase them down. So all those principles, uh, you know, I built around my strengths. I built around my avatar. And um, I, I've had to be patient. It took a little bit of time. But then I put on some big events and created some products and did some joint ventures. And before you know, you're where you want to be. And I think that's the biggest thing for me, Rock, is I'm not trying to compete with my past life. That's not even on my, my goals. Um, uh, it's much more about the spiritual experience, the relational experience. I was definitely a type A in my previous life. And now I'm much more, uh, you know, about connection and, you know, being in the present. So yeah. I think that's the other thing. I'm, I'm just patient and I don't have the big goal I'm trying to hit for a different set of reasons I would have had back then. So there's probably, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe nobody, but maybe a handful of people on the planet that could answer this question as well as you could, which is you have interacted with some of the greatest personal development minds on the planet collectively. Um, when people study success, success leaves clues. Why don't you share with us some of the things that you would say, maybe even some cool, juicy stuff if you want to, but what are some of the commonalities that these Mark Victor Hansen, 600 million chicken soup with the soul books like this, that's it's approaching a billion now. It's like insane, right? Some of these different Darren Hardy's, these people, you know, are they crazy? Are they consistent? Are they neurotic? Are they beautiful? Are they like, you know, give us something that maybe we haven't heard before collectively or individually. Yeah, more, more neurotic than not, you know, for many of them. And, you know, Darren Hardy and I talked about that on the podcast where I had him on, where he said, listen, you know, my dad was a type A college coach, never gave me love, similar to your story, right? And even after Darren had made a million dollars, his dad never really gave him that recognition. And he said, my whole life has been about trying to do what Steve Jobs, Jobs did. I'm trying to just prove I'm worthy. Yeah. And he said, I've learned to not fight that now. That's just part of my wiring. And I'm okay with it. I've made peace with, I am a bit of a perfectionist, that I am driven to do great things. And now I've turned it to my advantage. And I would say that's true for, for all of them. It, it might've been driven for whatever reason, but they've, they've turned it into good. Um, and a, a common trait would be they do have a marketing gene, the two exceptions. And I, I know you mentioned Stephen Covey and your biography of people that you studied under, uh, the two exceptions would be Jim Rohn and Stephen Covey. You know, Jim Rohn was not a marketer at all. And that's why our partnership worked so well. It was, you know, he was a great speaker and I, you know, it was my company. I, I got exclusive marketing rights. And, um, but other than that, you know, you have to, you have to be ambitious. You have to be a marketer. You have to be the architect. Uh, everyone I just mentioned, Darren, John Asaraf, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, they were in charge of marketing. That yeah. didn't mean they were doing all the, the little things, but they were the architect. Tony Robbins, obviously. 
Yeah, Les Brown, I don't think was great in the marketing. No, either. no, he's not. That you know, Les uh, has had just so many amazing accomplishments. So that would be another thing. There are these serendipitous threads. He heard Jim Rohn early. He heard Bill Bailey early. I remember this is a cool story. Having a dinner with Les Gladys Knight and Billy Preston in 1994. He was married to Gladys for a year. What? And he did motive. Yeah, we did motivational music events where Billy would come in and play. You know, Billy that played on Sgt. Pepper's. He's no longer with us, but just an incredible talent. But yeah, Les and I talked about that on the recent podcast. Yeah. You know, how he has done amazing in spite of his lack of marketing. And here's the thing, uh, the game has come to him because now you don't, you know, there is no middleman. There is no agent manager, someone that separates you from the crowd. And so now he just can show up and, you know, he's got his family involved and yeah, he's in a beautiful place. So some people will arguably say that in that space, Tony Robbins is head and shoulders above everybody else. 42 years, uh, relentless, uh, huge impact. Um, who would you say then follows him in that space? Maybe the next five or 10 people off, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I would definitely concur. Tony's the guy and Tony needed to be pushed because I've watched Tony since 1991, the first event I ever saw Tony and Tony would, you know, he was going to go build a huge company and then he was, you know, the dot-com craze. And I've just watched him and it, it took a Brendan Bouchard and a Tim Ferriss and a Darren Hardy. It took some people that weren't going to just transition from speaker to, you know, business icon. They were really committed to being Tony. And I think once Tony had that competition, he's more focused than ever. And uh, yeah, so there, I've watched that whole thing. Uh, it's amazing. But yeah, just the people I just mentioned. Now, Tim Ferriss is a bit of an outlier. Uh, I'm a big fan of Darren. He's a 25-year good friend. And uh, Brendan's done amazing things. But, you know, for Brenda, his, Brendan, his avatar was Tony. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a marketing guy also. He's very good. Uh, definitely. Uh, so he's done well in, in that area. And then you have some niche players like Grant Cardone, obviously, has uh, made an impact and things like that. And, and Grant's a real estate guy, as you yeah. can appreciate, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what he really cares about. Grant has built a huge audience, but at the end of the day, audience or real estate, he's going to take real estate. And so yeah. he, he leverages it together. Uh, you know, Kiyosaki... Uh, his book has probably impacted more people than like when I interview people and I do these books, yeah. rich dad, poor dad's probably had the greatest impact on uh, entrepreneurs in that space. But, you know, Kiyosaki, he's not out speaking that much. Again, he's more on the business side and that's something important because I do coach a lot of real estate investors and I always say, make sure you're not stepping over dollars to get pennies, right? Mm -hmm. You you want to make sure you're building an audience. Like I had this one guy I worked with that spent 30 hours a week talking to investors. And I said, well, you can flip the equation to where you create an environment where people pay you to coach them and mentor them to then bring you deals. And I'm talking like apartment deals. And, um, and he did that. And he created a seven-figure coaching program of people paying him to then filter out who he wanted to do deals with. But I said, the most important thing is to make sure it's about building 
your real estate portfolio because that's what your main focus is. So he could get in the uh, seminar business, but his motives were still to build a bigger real estate empire. I truly believe that's where Grant comes from. So this personal development thing's been going on for a long time. You've been at the epicenter of it. What is your thoughts on why so many people are not able to really move the needle? There's still a ton of people that have not become financially free. There's still a ton of people that are not following through on the goals they set. And yet the information is there, the you know pattern interrupts with eliminating beliefs. It's a fraction of the people that are able to take what Jim and Tony teaches and really create lasting change in their life. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it takes a long time to do anything successful. If we were talking about becoming a doctor or becoming a professional golfer or becoming a great tennis player, we're gonna say it's gonna take a little bit of time. So I think uh, it's a little bit of an indictment on the industry itself of promising quick fixes and promising, hey, if you'll just read this book, it'll change your life. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be layers, right? It, I go back and look at my journals five years, 10 years ago, and I'm oftentimes saying the same thing I'm saying today, but it is just a wash and repeat type process. So I think that's the biggest thing is it just takes time. And as we know, most successful millionaires have filed bankruptcy, they've, they've lost it all one or two or three or four times. And so if we teach, you know, failure is the path to success. If we truly believe that that is, uh, you know, it's, it's persistence is the main thing. And so just because some, someone hasn't gotten there doesn't mean it doesn't work. It's just finding the right opportunity you know, putting all the right pieces in place and then, you know, being patient. You know, Jim Rome would say the guy goes and starts and builds and then starts over. You know, if you're, if you're constantly starting over, you're not going to let the law of compounding take place. You and I both reap the benefits of things we did five, 10 years ago. Right. But if we start over in a different industry, we don't get to reap that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got all these, these different speakers with different styles and, then you get the next crop or wave of people that come up. And I've um, one of the things that I find curious is people that haven't actually gone through you know, the difficult times that want to become life coaches, right? Or they want to become speakers, like a few people on Clubhouse this morning. And, you know, I have this, you know, thing where I'm upset that children don't get get bullied. So now I want to become an international and speak in front of a million people about bullying. So how do people the wires is this rush for all these people to be life coaches that have really, they, they, have they fall in love with the significance that a speaker appears to get? What do you, what do you think? I still think they're being sold the dream. I think there are people out there promising instant success and you'll never hear it come out of my mouth. You know, I'm always going to say, you know, take what you have accomplished and done. Like for me, what someone has done matters. If someone tries to discount your accomplishments, that just means they don't have any because uh, I could yeah. tell you so many stories. <laughs> right. Being in this industry 25 years, I would watch people like new marketers come on with brilliant ideas and come to find out they have an idea that I've already seen fail 20 times, but they don't have historical perspective. So they don't even know. They think it's a new idea. And I'm like, no, no, Nightingale tried that. And then, you know, Zig tried that. And just because someone's doing it doesn't mean it worked. You have to, you have to be on the inside. So I think 
there's just a, a, you know, historical perspective counts. And so experience counts. And the only way to get good is to be bad in the beginning. So I definitely appreciate people, you know, paying their dues, but there is no quick fix. And uh, you and I talked earlier about sometimes you have to offend and offend early and often. And that's just people that, you know, ask a silly question. I've watched Brian Tracy, someone would come up and, you know, ask, you know, I promoted Brian a lot. So someone would come up and ask him just a ridiculous question and he would just look at him and then laugh and then start walking off. You know, it's like some of this, you can't explain it. it it's common sense. You're not going to become a doctor overnight. You're not going to become a great athlete overnight. It's going to take time. And same thing with marketing, same thing with becoming a coach, but you do have to get started. Did you work with T. Harv Ecker at all? I did not. I mean, the, the closest I worked with T. Harv was booking Dennis Waitley and some people for his events. Right. But I do have to do a Canada shout out because, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of my good friends, Brian Tracy, John Asaraf, uh, Dan Sullivan. Um, there's so many. Uh, Bob Proctor, obviously. Yeah. Just Robin Sharma is a guy I coached. Yeah. Uh, along with Darren Hardy and uh, lot, lots of Canadian uh, success stories. And T. Yeah. Harv's one of those as well, as well as you are. And Tony Robbins' wife is Canadian. So, um, okay, yeah. But, you know, I worked with T. Harv for a while. I kind of stopped working with Tony in 2007, jumped to work with T. Harv, and he was very good at offending people. He felt that he needed to wake people up. Hmm. And he was very abrupt and harsh, and he had a lot of people that thought he was, you know, an A, whatever you want to say. And he didn't care because I think he had the gift of, you know, spiritual challenge. And he just felt it was his mission to wake people up. And that's what he was going to do. And he was totally disconnected from whether people liked him or not. And that gave him a lot of power. He did incredibly well for a period of time with peak potentials. He was doing many events at the same time. Um, and but and I, I think, I think that comes as you get bigger, right? So I so appreciate Jim Rohn's kindness. Yes. And Jim had the, uh, had the good fortune to have me getting to be the bad guy because right. all business decisions were mine. It was, it was right. my company. And so they had to go through me and there comes a point in time, there has to be a protocol and some people are going to get offended when you don't just jump on a call with them or you ask them to send the details and that's okay because better they get offended early then you spend a lot of time with them. Nothing worse than going and spending two hours with someone and find out they would have got offended if you ask them to send an email with details, right? So that's what I'm talking about, offense. But when you get bigger, you would think everyone would understand this, but there has to be protocols. And I get it all the time. People will say, Kyle, can you get this message to Les Brown? Can you get this message to Dennis Waitley or Brian Tracy? I have my son that's going through this academy and they would love Les to write a letter. And I'm like, the answer is no, because right. Les has his own inner circle of people paying him lots of money that he's even saying no to, right? So, so I'm not going to bring someone, I don't even know that you're not even part of his world. And, and people do get offended by that. And, uh, but it's better than, than to jump through a lot of hoops. And I learned that the hard way, right? You jump through a lot of hoops and they just didn't quite get the protocol of how it all works. Yeah. And people that are not under high demand don't realize that 
people that are under high demand have so much coming at them that they have to say no to a lot of things. And the typical, oh, can I talk to you for 20 minutes and run an idea by you? Well, I get 20 of those a day. So the answer has to be no to 19 of them probably. And you're on that list because I don't know you. Or sometimes in my case, I, you know, people know that I coach for a living and then they meet me at an event that I'm a student at. And they now <laughs> think that for the rest of their life, they can be my best friend and right. tap into all my wisdom. That's and, like and so my... My filters are, if you're part of my world, if you're part of my inner circle or a book, that's going to open up a window. And my other thing is, at a live event I'm putting on, I, I'm accessible at the end of the event, you know, you know, at the, in the lounge or at the bar. And, um, you know, so that's kind of one of our things. Hey, we'll right. be hanging out. And, but then other than that, you know, I'm not a breakfast, lunch or dinner guy. And, you know, Darren Hardy, uh, hasn't done a podcast in four years with anyone else other than me. And part of it was I coached him for three years and we go way back, but I asked him about that. And he goes, Kyle, you know, one hard no makes up for a thousand other no's. He's like, I don't do book forwards. And I have the founder of Remax, you know, in my group, but I don't do them because if I did one, now I have to do a bunch. I don't do book testimonials. And so he literally doesn't. Right. at all. And it's a great line. One hard no makes up for a thousand other no's. And I have a handful of those hard no's and it just makes it easy. Yeah. I like that a lot. And so what does somebody like Darren say yes to then? Very few things, which might be different than a Richard Branson, or it might be different than Mark Victor Hansen or be different than you. And we talk about that. You know, right. we talk about there's different personalities and he's built, uh, a really nice empire, uh, same as Brian Buffini. I remember Brian Buffini had a $50 million business built on one book. Yeah. And, he, you know, Brian Tracy had 85 books and Brian Buffini had one book. And so you can pick whatever direction. And, you know, I got to watch Mark. I used to have Mark Victor Hansen open up on our day two of the Jim Rohn two-day events. And him and Jim couldn't have been more different. And so there is no right or wrong. It just really gets down to how do you want to live your life? I tend to be a little bit more private than most people. So I, I'm, I'm, I say no to more things and yes to a few things. And I still, you know, I can say no 49 out of 50 times. And the one time I said, yes, might be the time that it was too many. Uh, but, you know, we learn by doing so. I've learned, I've been involved in a lot of things, like too many things. I was the agent for too many people. I mentioned this morning, I created 300 intellectual properties. So, you know, when I retired, I was ha happy to step away from that. And I had a big team, a big office. Uh, and I came back and said, I don't want that. You know, it doesn't make it wrong or right. I've done yeah. that. I don't want to do that yeah. again. So I operate from a different set just kind of based on where I'm at today. And that could change, right? But that's where I'm at today. Piggybacking on when you say that you learn from doing, you have a book called Success Habits. And it's um, just a fabulous book because everything is built around habits in life. And if you don't spend some time focusing on that, then you're going to probably struggle. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think you have a little bit of a gift for our listeners. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, so here's the book for those that are watching on video. And uh, what's really cool about it is I was able to bring in some amazing people. I've worked with 25 years plus Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Darren Hardy, John Asaraf, uh, Dennis Waitley, 
Uh, I have entertainers, Grammy winners, Phil Collin and Def Leppard. And uh, these were all people I've just worked with for a long time. And they, so my, when I launched my podcast under the same name, that was the criteria. If I hadn't done something with them for over 20 years, that's who I had on. And I did these long form podcasts of like two hours. And then we decided to turn it into a book and it's got 80 iconic thought leaders. And it's just, it's a phenomenal book. I, I, I've loved it. I, I published it. I'm also an author in it. And I would love to give your audience a free copy of it, as well as some cool interviews with some of the people I mentioned in a couple other books. There's a book called Passionistas, uh, 40 Millennial Women. And I guess the best way uh, for me to send it to people, Rock, is if they send me an email to info at kylewilson.com, info at kylewilson.com, and just put Rock in the subject. And by the way, if you have some amazing things to say about Rock, or if you want to tell me your Jim Rohn story, put that in the email as well. I love hearing those stories, or even if you have a question, and then I'll send you the link to go download all the, the cool stuff. That's fantastic. And we'll have all of that stuff in the show notes as well so that people can uh, access that if they're driving right now or something like that. So, you know, it's um, it's great to meet great people, but it's great to meet the person that made people even greater than they were. And thank you for being that person and exposing so many wonderful souls, so many mentors of mine um, that I didn't know that you were the man behind the men. So, um, so great to get to spend this time with you. Well, Rock, thank you. It's been my great honor to work with these amazing people. And it's uh, a principle Jim Rohn taught me, uh, bring value to the marketplace and bring value to valuable people. And I want to thank Kelly, Kelly Calabrese for connecting us. And uh, I'm excited to have you on my podcast as well. You're doing amazing things. And I'm so impressed with your story. And I look forward to learning from you. That, that's a big part of my goal in this relationship is to grow from all the amazing things you're doing. Well, you're very humble to say that. Thank you so much for being on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. And if you're listening to this and you like this, please subscribe, leave us a review and share it with other people so that they can get the message that will help them be the best version of themselves. And we will see you on the next episode. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.